1: Hello, and welcome back to Working Overtime. I'm your host, Karen Hahn.
2: And I'm your other host, June Thomas. And I am your other, other host, Isaac Butler.
1: That's right. All three of us are here today for another episode of Working Overtime, the fortnightly show where we'll offer
0: advice, critique advice, and sometimes even ask for advice. (laughs) This week, we're going to talk about the Pomodoro technique and other creative strategies based around maximizing focus by taking breaks. The Pomodoro technique originally got its name from the kind of kitchen timer that's popular in Italy where it was developed that comes in the shape of a tomato or in Italian, a Pomodoro. And this is how Wikipedia describes you the technique. You could te- be in House of Gucci, June. I know, right? <laughs> pomodoro, eh? eh? It's, it's very good. <laughs> this is how Wikipedia describes the technique. <laughs> Number one, decide on the task to be done. Number two, set the Pomodoro timer, typically for 25 minutes. Step three, work on the task. Step four, end work when the timer rings and take a short break, typically five to 10 minutes. And you can do three of these Pomodoros and then you should take a longer break of 20 or 30 minutes. And after that, you can start again. I want to hear the the bell go ding now. Um, So first, I wonder if you two have used this technique or any variation on it when you're trying to get creative work done?
2: No. No. I have never used this technique I should say that 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 my wife uses a very similar technique it's not a Pomodoro thing but when she has a long long thing of work she does set a timer and then she takes a break at the timer and then she goes back Mm -hmm. in I don't think it's as short as 25 minutes which just seems like a hilariously small amount of time to wait before you take a break um I and I know that the uh playwright and screenwriter Jeremy O'Harris swears by the Pomodoro technique because he often tweets Mm -hmm. about how he's about to start a Pomodoro or whatever so there so so (laughs) I'm just saying that, you know, people who are very good at writing do disagree with me about this, but I'll say a couple things. Sometimes just diving in is not actually the right thing to do. Sometimes there's a reason why you're having trouble starting, uh, writing. There's some other thing that you haven't quite done. You haven't conceptualized it enough, or there's a piece of research you're missing. And, and your subconscious is kind of trying to tell you that through reluctance. And sometimes it's useful to listen to, um, to me, I think this is probably most useful when you're really struggling, really, you're just desperate to dive in and get something done. You've got a deadline. It's looming. You just can't get started. You just need something to force you or you have 20 different projects you're working on. You just need to pick one and you're having choice paralysis. Like to me, that's when this is feels like it would be the most useful uh uh, is when you're struggling in that way but otherwise i think there's other things that i probably work on and i also definitely take a lot longer than that in between breaks what about you karen
1: I've never used it, but that's definitely not because I've ever been like, oh, like this will never work or this is the wrong way to approach something. I'm not saying that that's what you're saying. I'm just saying that like it's never been a matter of principle that I haven't used the Pomodoro method. If anything, maybe it's because I'm afraid that it'll work really well for me or because, (laughs) as we discussed in our other working overtime episode, I have separation anxiety for the Internet. (laughs) Um, But it's also sort of, I think, uh, very much stubbornness. Are either of you familiar with that meme of a woman who's like sort of on the verge of tears and giving a presentation and on the PowerPoint slide behind her, it says, I'm a dumb bitch and I refuse to change. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, how I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel a little bit about it where I'm like my method of just plowing ahead without a timer or any sort of help will work. I can do it is how I feel about it. But maybe I should do Pomodoro sometime.
0: Well, I think for me, the biggest hurdle is is forcing myself to take a break. I think it's what you've been saying, Isaac. 25 mm-hmm. minutes? Are you kidding me? And of course, you know, <laughs> as with all of these things, it's not like following the rules. And like the Pomodoro police are not going to come over and, and cite you for... <laughs> That's an for, amazing for, idea, though. Yeah, wouldn't it? I know. <laughs> I'm trying to picture the uniform. Obviously, they'd be red. you might have Pomodoro. like a green hat, but yeah. But for me, like, if I am writing or whatever it is that I need to do, and I am concentrating on something... Convincing myself to stop is hard because I'm afraid I won't be able to get back in that zone. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I have some of the apps that I use, like uh, Obsidian, which is an app I'm very fond of. One of the plugins that people have made for it is a Pomodoro timer, so you can see it Hmm. on the bottom of your, you know, window. And I just ignore when it finishes because if I'm concentrating, that's why would I break that up? But apparently the breaks are the key. Uh, I you know, I recently started using this productivity app called Rise.io, which tracks what you're doing really precisely so that you can examine how well you've been able to focus. Hmm. And you can also figure out what's interrupting your focus. But it too is really encouraging you to take a break between these intervals of deep focus. Um, so I think actually it's the The rest, even if it's only five minutes before you go on to another 25, that is really what's doing the trick here. It's not the 25 minutes of work. It's the forced five minutes of rest. Does that make it sound any different to you all? (laughs) Um, I don't.
1: I mean, it's interesting to think that that would help reset your brain because I think that's something... I mean, June, you basically already said this, but like we're so disinclined to take breaks when we're working, yeah. like because either because we think it's going to break our concentration or because we think we're not, we're going to like forget what idea we were working on or where we were going, which definitely sometimes is true. Like that's yes. happened even on this podcast where we've gone on a tangent and then I've been like, yeah. I forgot the question I was going to ask or the point yeah. that I was going to make. Like yeah. right now, for instance, I forgot what I was, <laughs> going to, what I was aiming for.
2: That's um, all the time we have this week for working overtime. <laughs>
1: But it's interesting to think that, like, it could be scientifically backed or it could be, like, more helpful in the long run. Because in the short run, it doesn't feel that way. But maybe it'll help you feel less burnt out at the end of the day or maybe more ready to, like, come back to it.
2: I think there's definitely something to taking breaks. You know, like... um... Mm -hmm you know like when you're rehearsing a play actors equity requires you to take a five minute break every 55 minutes or a 10 minute break every 80 minutes now part Mm -hmm. of that's because acting is physically exhausting and all sorts of you're probably getting into the emotions and all sorts of other stuff but I actually find that to be really helpful and that is a sort of thing that happened like my body has sort of absorbed that Mm -hmm. through having rehearsals a lot in my teens and 20s that like it's like okay every 80 minutes my body starts to feel like oh I need a break right now but I also Mm -hmm. think that That it is worth saying that the mental energy and focus of generating and the mental energy and focus of revising at least for me, I actually think those are two different processes with two different needs, agree. even though they look <laughs> the same, which is to say they look like you sitting in front of something with your hands. Out. So, you know, um, uh, um, they're actually really it looks
1: like you're not doing anything. Yeah, exactly, yes, exactly. exactly.
2: <laughs> and you know, when you're generating what you need is momentum. I, I bet that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not writing, if you're painting or whatever, you know, what you really need is momentum and taking breaks can actually really fuck that up. I mean, you still do need to take breaks, but I'm, but, yeah. If I was generating and taking a break every twenty five minutes, it would actually that I know that that would actually hurt my output, my ability mm-hmm. to work, and they and I would be angry during the breaks, and it would just not work. <laughs> you know. Um, so when you're generating, you know, getting in that zone, staying in that zone is is hard work. When you take a break, yeah. which you do need to take them, but then you have to work to get back to it. When you're yeah, revising, exactly. or especially when you're doing detailed, detailed, detailed copy editing, proofreading type work, you gotta take breaks all the time and mm-hmm. that's a thing i learned having to do the proofreading of the method actually mm-hmm. and so what i would do is i would turn on um, an album of uh, uh, process music, um, uh, which is to say, you know, somewhat repetitive instrumental music mm-hmm. that is based on rules. Uh, Canto Ostinato, there's on Spotify, there's an all cello version of Canto Ostinato that's very beautiful. That's like 50 minutes long. Steve Reich's Music for 18 Musicians, most of the versions of that are 60 to 70 minutes long. And mm-hmm. when it was over, you know, I would listen to it all the way through. I would press stop. I would stand up. I would pace around for a bit or whatever, or eat a snack, Mm -hmm. take a walk, you know, whatever it is, and then sit back down, put on the headphones, start that album again, listen to it once or twice, et cetera, et cetera. Because you actually do need your eyes and brain to be refreshed in that kind of process.
0: Actually, Isaac, you've just reminded me of something that uh, former guest Nicole Perkins said. She did something very similar. So I guess what I'm learning is that some people use music like they know that this particular piece of music or this particular playlist mm-hmm. runs X minutes. And maybe it doesn't matter hmm. what that length of time is, but somehow it is It's like it's a way of signaling to yourself, OK, you, you've like you've done your shift and then you're going to take a break, whatever that is. But but it's it is a kind of it's the equivalent of a Pomodoro timer only. It's a musical Pomodoro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's much more pleasant to listen to, yeah.
1: Yeah. Isaac, I completely agree with what you're saying about like generating versus revising being totally different. Like I I definitely find it much harder to step away from my computer when I'm generating. Like this is something that I found very much to be true while working on my book where the bulk of this year has been me writing and I haven't had that much time for revising and editing and now I'm like really looking forward to that because it it is a different set of muscles to go back through a something that now already exists in some form and mm. take notes on it or move it around in some way as opposed to generating which is like you have nothing on the page as we're sort of talking about and then
0: having to make something even if it is not the final form it's going to take yeah Karen I love that concept of you wrote these things so that you would get to that next stage where you have this thing for yourself to play with it's like you're you're making your yeah. own toys you're making your own building yeah. blocks I love that idea
2: Yeah, totally. And I will say, you know, again, this is not to say that breaks aren't important to the generative process. They just might look different or go in different places. Or Like I had a couple times writing the book, I had one of those things you read about where you just... Can't stop writing for hours on end. Whoa. It only happened a couple times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like um, I, it's not a reliable process. Must
1: be nice. But but I did
2: have <laughs> I did have a couple times where like I would write I would write most of a most of a chapter in one day. You know, wow. but then you know what happened after that? I was it was like I had blown a fuse and I could not get yes. work done for like two yes. days afterwards. Like it mm-hmm. it averaged out actually to the same output over those three <laughs> days. I just did all of it in one sitting. The way inspiration is done in sort of mainstream film, mm-hmm. there's no relation on reality, right? Where the guy is walking around and suddenly he looks at the woman's gesture and it's like, oh, it's this gesture I need for my novel. And he runs away out and then he just types and types and types. It just doesn't work like that, really. Yeah. Even those moments when you have those intense days, you are going to wind up taking those breaks. It's just going to be, you're going to feel yeah. you know, like you blew a gasket for a day or two after.
0: Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break now, but we'll be back with more discussion of the Pomodoro technique. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Hey, working listeners, do you have any creative advice you'd like to share with us? Or maybe you have a problem or a hurdle with your creative work that you'd like us to help you solve. Either way, give us a call and leave a message at 304-933-WORK. That's 304-933-9675. Or send us an email at working at slate.com. Okay, back to the show. I looked into the science of it a little bit. I'm, I'm the least uh, scientific person in the world. But back in 2011, Science Daily wrote up a study that was published in the journal Cognition. And it found hmm. that, quote, even brief diversions from a task can dramatically improve one's ability to focus on that task for prolonged periods. The particulars of the study were a little bit weird to me because it was when you talk about brief distractions, they were literally flashing a number on a screen and that that was the extent of the of the break or the diversion, hmm. um, which is kind of hard to compare to, you know, sitting and writing uh, or composing or painting or whatever the creative task that you set for yourself is. However, I will say when I you know, as much as I am such a, as they say in Spain, soy de letras, like I am not I'm I'm so not a scientific person, and I have a really <laughs> terrible tendency to be like, that study makes no sense. And then I pause <laughs> for a moment, and then I remember that like the week that we're taping this, which is not the week that it will air, I have just it it's, it's just been one of those weeks, I think for all of us. It's been a week where yeah. I feel like I've done about three weeks work. And the strange thing about it is that it hasn't been particularly long days. I haven't worked 12-hour days. They've been Hmm. maybe eight, nine-hour days, but they've just been so intense. There have been no breaks. It's just been Hmm. go, 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 maybe do two things at once. You know, it's just just been particularly intense. And I feel like I've been working, you know, three solid weeks of 12-hour days. Like, I am absolutely spent. So... It makes me think that my dismissal of, oh, my God, don't make me take a break. I don't want to. (laughs) Maybe I am, you know, punishing myself with that because actually it really, really is those intervals, however short they seem, however silly they seem and however counterproductive they seem because we want to keep going with what we're focusing on if we finally manage to find focus. You know, and your example, your story with your graphomania, Isaac, sounds like maybe something very similar happened there.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I totally understand where you're coming from and 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 you're not wrong. If I may share a little thing that my therapist yeah you know, has been working with me on that I have found very helpful, actually. This is true of any job, but it is particularly true of freelancers. Often you're doing multiple kinds of work in a yeah. day yeah. even yeah. if it's all writing you're probably doing multiple kinds of writing you know or what you're just you're doing multiple different kinds of work between mm-hmm. in the day and those use different muscles they do different things they have different demands on you and it is particularly transitioning between those tasks are the real moments when you absolutely have to take a break and recenter yourself yep. and just yep. whether it's breathing you know closing your eyes and listening to a piece of music taking a short nap if you're the kind of person who could do that reading a chapter in a book or a comic or you know just doing something whatever it is that's when you need to take a break right you know it's like when you go from particularly when we were all at home all the time you know going from teaching a class on zoom to trying to write a chapter of my book that that just like that was terrible that you know you really need to (laughs) Uh, honor that you're doing a bunch of different things and change the channel and Mm -hmm. and respect that you you need that sort of stuff. And once I started doing that, those kinds of breaks were especially uh, helpful to me.
0: And I think sometimes, as has kind of come up in this discussion, we get – well, I shouldn't say we. I will just speak about myself. (laughs) There have been times in my work life when I've been aggravated by things. Like, for example, when you're an editor – there are quite a lot of times where you are forced by other people to pause, basically because you're waiting for people to file. And it can be Mm -hmm. annoying because, like, I want to go home. I want to get on the subway. I want to whatever. I want to. I want to. But actually, it's good for you because if you, you know, if you were just on this, like, file, deliver, file, deliver, you know, like it would your 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 head would explode, and so mm-hmm. even if we don't necessarily enjoy those those pause moments, they are actually what allow us to to make those transitions, as you say, Isaac. they're actually really good for us, yeah. On a maybe a
1: bigger scale, I think it also applies to structuring your work day where when I was still working full time at Slate and working on my book, there were times that it would really become exhausting because I would yeah. write for Slate all day. And then as soon as I got off the clock, I would start working on my book and it was just kind of untenable for a while. And right yeah. now I'm lucky that I have the time to work on my book during the day and then have like a concrete cutoff point I guess sort of in the evening where I can say I have to stop working on this because what I produce now is not going to be good like it's not going to be as good as I want it to be and it'll be better if I just return to it refreshed at a later point.
2: Yeah I actually had that experience recently where the piece I wrote about West Side Story and the character of anybody's (laughs) Thank you. Um, uh, But you know, like the interview with Iris, the actor who plays anybody's was Monday at the end of the day. Then I was teaching Tuesday morning and then Forrest needed it by 10 a.m. the next day because of his own Mm. schedule. Uh, Forrest, Mm -hmm. I should say, for those of you who don't know, is the culture editor at Slate. You know, he and I have worked together many times. And so you know, I got home from teaching on Tuesday, <laughs> had to record a quick GabFest segment about West Side Story <laughs> and then dive right into this thing and I reached the end of the afternoon and I was like, okay, after I put Iris to bed, I gotta go back to work I just don't, I don't really have a choice and then I was like, actually, no, that's not that's not true, what I should spend that time doing is other work that is due around the same time, because I did have other work, which was recommendations for a few people, because the um, mm-hmm. the um deadline for the school was the same day. And oh, I was yeah. like, I'm just going to get that done. Then I'll be refreshed the next morning and I can finish this and actually do a good yeah. job. And and that actually worked out really well. But yeah. had I done the reverse, tried to finish the piece Tuesday night and then write those recommendations Wednesday morning, I think actually all of it would have been a disaster, you yeah. know, because the creative part of my brain was just exhausted at that point.
0: Yeah. 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 Let me ask you one other thing. Do either of you use timers in other ways? Recent working guest Oliver Berkman suggested that in cases of extreme blockage, which sounds terrible, when you just can't <laughs> make yourself do a thing you absolutely have no choice about doing, whether that's like your taxes, the latest TPS reports, or, you know, writing a boot you're contracted to produce, you should set a time <laughs> up for a very short interval, like five minutes, say, because we can make ourselves do just about anything anything for five minutes. And I guess the hope is that you just want to kind of jumpstart your creativity, right? Uh, Do you do things like that?
2: I mean, that is a thing that they talk about in addiction, right? If you don't want to use, Uh, you, you set uh. time. And that was certainly when I quit smoking. It's like, you just focus on like, I'm not going to smoke for five minutes. I'm not going to smoke for 15 minutes. I'm not going to smoke an hour for an hour. And then eventually you actually get to the point where you don't have to think about it anymore. Right. That, that was definitely the time when I used a mental technique like that was actually to not do something I've Mm. never heard of. I mean, other than in our episode of, of, of trying to do it, to do something positive. Um, um, that sounds like actually kind of an interesting, you know, way to just trick yourself. As I said on the last episode of okay. Working Overtime, like a yeah. lot of what we're talking about here is like, how do you trick yourself into doing the shit you need to do? And that seems yeah. like it's valid a technique as others that I've heard about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've never used a timer in the way that we're describing, but I've definitely done the thing where it's like, if it's 1145, I'll be like, I'll work until 12 and right. then I'll go like have lunch or whatever.
0: Like that's, I think the closest that I've come. Yeah. Well, uh, that's all the time we have this week. Our timer has binged. If you like the show, please. <laughs> if you so, like so should the we show... take a
2: five-minute break before doing the credits? <laughs> Just have five minutes of dead air, and then we'll do the Listeners, credits the you end. can have
0: five minutes after you finish the episode. Well, uh, pop zero pop for five minutes, and then we'll finish the episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's all the time we have this week. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you have ideas for things we could do better or questions you'd like us to address, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at working at slate.com or give us a ring at 304 933 WORK.
1: And if you'd like to support what we do, sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash working plus. You'll get bonus content, including exclusive episodes of Slow Burn and Big Mood, Little Mood. And you'll be supporting what we do right here on Working. It's only $1 for the first month.
2: Special thanks this week to production whiz Kevin Bendis and to our series producer Cameron Drews. We'll be back on Sunday with a brand new episode of Working, and in two weeks, we'll have another Working Overtime. Until then, get back to work. Ding!